The following podcast is a live recording of a radio show first broadcast by Fresh FM with assistance from New Zealand On Air. Hello and thanks very much for joining me for this episode of Climate Matters. Today we're going to dip right back into the archives and pick up an episode that we recorded and played for you previously. I do hope that you enjoy it. Hello and welcome to another episode of Climate Matters. I'm Lindsay Wood, Director of Climate Strategy Company Resilience Limited, and Climate Matters is broadcast to you by Fresh FM, the top of the South's community access radio station. Well, today we're bringing you Climate Matters issue 66, which is just hot off the press. Um, And here's a little snippet of the contents that are in it. We've got a, a little bit of an editorial on the need for grassroots public education in, on climate matters, the uh, uh, heading picking up on climate matters 65 entitled help build a puffer buffer and save a power station. We've also got quite a feature on the arts in climate this time with a, a reference to a great New Zealand website and then also a little bit more of an insight into our theme music uh, based around Vivaldi's famous music, The Four Seasons. A short section on when the lights don't work, today's energy shortages won't be just temporary. There's also a, a cartoon I won't try and describe, but a four-part cartoon around the glass half empty or glass half full scenario. And then we've got a hot tip as well for you called Serious Fun. So let's get into it. Help build a puffer buffer and save a power station. Climate Matters 65 had a hot tip that said, put on a jersey before you put on a heater. And we got a wonderful response from one reader who said, if the thermometer in our house doesn't read 16 degrees C or below, the answer to can we put the pellet fire on is always get a jumper or get a blanket. And as an important follow on, they're totally used to it. I don't think the kids have ever known different. So picking up on that theme and on the the little snippet in Climate Matter 65, help build a puffer buffer and save a power station. I've crunched a few numbers. And if just 3% of New Zealand households put on some warm clothing instead of a heater, that would save all the power from our largest geothermal power station, that's known as Wairaki A, one of the ones that pushes out all the steam just north of Taupo. Wairaki A, which produces 161 megawatts. And even better still, it would reduce the lunacy we have of still burning imported coal to generate power at peak time. So help build a puffer buffer and save a power station. Put on some warm clothing before you put on a heater. Thanks to the reader who responded with that little bit of personal application of the same thing. If we want to skip now to the question of the need for public education, I'm constantly dismayed at how rarely government policy, local government policy, official reports say anything about the huge need for education. On climate, it doesn't really matter whether we are looking at 
the need for revised trade training or the revised professional education or just increasing public awareness of the things that we're going to have to do and face and cope with in the future that almost never features. They they constantly talk about um, big things like transitioning the whole vehicle fleet or changing how we generate electricity and so on. But we almost never hear anything about with these programs to further educate all the five million of us in New Zealand. Great stuff on COVID. You know, I think that's a, a book we can well take a leaf out of in terms of climate education. But without all the infernal statistics that I'm sure we're all heartily sick of in the one o'clock updates. So more grassroots public education and don't rely on private organizations. I've given a link there to a New York Times one that's being set up in conjunction with the imminent COP26 uh, meetings in Glasgow that are just about to start, the international ones. So skipping back into the articles in Climate Matters, I mentioned the arts are in there and under the heading, the arts speak to our hearts on climate. And I pick up a little bit from Climate Matters 58. We scientists don't know how to do that. And I was quoting a celebrated authority on climate called Gus Speth. And he was saying how we really need to spur cultural shifts and spiritual shifts in people. We don't need more science. We don't need more statistics. And in that area, the arts do know how to do that. And they have a hugely important role to play. So I've given um, a reference in Climate Matters to Track Zero, which is a wonderful New Zealand organization, and their website will be on the Fresh FM webpage for Climate Matters. And then also a, another little revisiting of the Hamburg Philharmonic Orchestra's stunning rearrangement of the 200-year-old Vivaldi music, Four Seasons. We touched base on that recently in an explanation, but I've just come across a two-minute update, which is really a great little bit of viewing on YouTube, and the link to that will go into the Fresh FM webpage as well. On a more serious note, well, no, it's all serious stuff, but on a more technical note, when the lights don't work, today's energy shortages won't just be temporary. I think we might all be surprised at how many places around the world are reeling from lack of energy in different ways. In the UK, I think they're, they're ascribing it to about 90,000 truck drivers short, but in terms that might be ascribed to the impact of their Brexit uh, chickens coming home to roost. Then also China's got major power crises, and I think is it, it might have been the Lebanon that have actually shut down their last power station at the moment through lack of power. They've been running on a few hours a day for weeks, but now they've almost cut it right back to nothing. And in the article, when the lights don't work, today's energy shortages won't be just temporary. I've made reference to the fact that that's not just likely to be a temporary thing. It's, it's a symptom of a long-term malaise that's just going to get worse. And it's long overdue that our debate focused on how we transition to a lower energy society rather than think we're just going to find other ways of keeping cranking along with what is really an energy profligate lifestyle. I've quoted in there from Tim Morgan, who's a, 
um, an energy economist that I have a lot of respect for. He breaks new ground. He's a, been a leading researcher with large finance houses in the past. And here's what Tim Morgan has to say about this. Our unwillingness to adapt to very different energy conditions is exemplified by the insistence that battery reliance EVs rather than mains powered trains and trams must be the primary transport mode of the future. There'll be a link to Morgan's website on that, his blog. Um, so what Morgan's saying really is that we shouldn't be expecting to all be driving our own cars the way we tend to do at the moment. Not only do we have to get off fossil fuels, but the logistics of building those cars. You may recall that recently I quoted another research that said we need 700 years of lithium supply to be able to electrify our transport fleet. Morgan's coming up with a different angle and it's based in part on his take on the fact that we are progressively getting less energy back for the energy we invest in getting the energy, what is known as the energy return on energy invested. And as the energy return reduces, i.e. we have to put more energy in to get a certain amount back, we have to cope with less and less surplus energy. So that's the uh, that's the theme, a little bit on energy. Um, I will try and cap capture the uh, the glass half empty, half full cartoons just to see how they come over the radio. But they will they'll be on the hard copy of Climate Matters if you want to follow up the link to that, which is always on the Fresh FM website webpage. So you, we all know the, the story, the optimist has the glass half full and the pessimist glass empty. So I've translated that from some cartoons that were sent to me. Imagine a picture of a glass half full and the optimist says, and, and the, the liquid represents climate, okay? The optimist says, ah, oh, there's still some climate left. So that's good. We forget about all the stuff we've trashed. There's still some climate left. The next cartoon, still shows the glass with half full of liquid, but this time it's divided vertically. If you can imagine a glass with the left half full of water right up to the brim or wine or whatever's in it, right up to the brim and the right half completely empty. So one lot's full, one part of the glass is completely full, one part's completely empty. And that's headed up business as usual. My half is full. The next one is a picture of a glass with half full of liquid and the top is labelled half empty and the bottom is labelled half full and that's the one for the government. The government says we need more data before we can decide which is whether it's half full or half empty. And then the final cartoon envisage a glass that's only got half the amount of liquid but it's all at the top with a gap underneath it at the bottom. A physical impossibility we know, but that's how it's looking. And that's headed up the climate denier. It looks fine to me because if you look at the top of the glass, you can see that it looks like it's all liquid, but in fact, it doesn't go all the way to the bottom. Time to go to our hotter tip for a cooler planet. And I've titled this one, Serious Fun, Try carbon budgeting, non-essential driving. So we have to get our heads around the idea of a carbon budget in much the same way 
as we live with a financial budget. We're all used to the idea that we have so much to spend and um, and if we go over that, we run into the red. And we've been seriously in the red in terms of carbon and the budget is based around how much carbon the planet can soak up without increasing the overheating that's been going on. Calculations around the world have come up with figures per individual of somewhere of the order of one and a half to two and a half tons per person per year. And that's what the planet can soak up. Well, I'll call it safely. However, in New Zealand, for example, we're one of the worst in the world. Typically, we're well over 10 tons a year, maybe 12 tons a year emissions per person. So that gives you an idea. We have to cut out about 80% of all of our emissions in order to come back just to the level that isn't overtaxing the planet. So one target for that that I've suggested is rationing our driving um, and especially our non-essential driving. That's trips we might do to go out for dinner or to go to sports or to go and watch a show or something like that. So I have counted as essential driving stuff going to work or key stuff for family if you have to visit sick relatives or take kids to school or whatever. But any trips that aren't essential then come under the ration. And I've tried this before and it's really interesting how powerful it is. So I've suggested here, say 100 kilometers per week is the ration for an individual. Now 100 kilometers might sound quite a lot, but if we work that out over a year, that's going to be the equivalent of driving 5,000 kilometers a year roughly. And I've crunched the numbers on that, and that's equivalent to about issuing one and a quarter tons of carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. So if you think of your personal budget of say, around about two tons of carbon dioxide a year, that's over half of our total budget spent just on driving for fun. So how can we do a little bit better? Well, if you're driving on your own in a car, that means you count every kilometer that you drive against your budget. That's if you're driving for fun. But if you give someone a ride, then only count half of those kilometers off your own budget because you're saving someone else driving. If you take three people, then you only count a third. So there are ways of making it work better by making better use of your actual driving. Um, on the other side, if, for example, you have a big trip coming up, you think, oh, we're going to go skiing or whatever, and you're going to be well over 100 kilometers, then for a week or two beforehand, you could perhaps try and reduce the amount of driving and get a little bit in credit, say do a couple of weeks at 30 kilometers a week, and suddenly there's 70 left to add on to the week you want to go skiing. Similarly, if you run really short or think you're going to run out of budget, then it's a motivation to try and get a ride with somebody when you might otherwise find you're driving your own car. So on that note, I'm going to finish here and uh, wish you good luck with your carbon budgeting of your fun travel, if in fact that's what you try. Fresh FM broadcast in Blenheim on 88.9 FM to Eastern Golden Bay on 95.0 to the Nelson CBD on 107.2 and across the Nelson Tasman region on 104.8. It's also streamed to the planet on freshfm.net 
and podcasts of Climate Matters and of other locally produced shows are available through freshfm.net and through the accessmedia.nz app. And I hope to enjoy your company again next week. Kia kaha for the climate. The podcast you just listened to was a live recording of a radio show, first broadcast on Fresh FM with support from New Zealand On Air. Fresh FM is a community access media station based in Te Tauihu, the top of the South Island, New Zealand. The funding of access media makes these podcasts possible. To find similar programs by other community access media stations, go online to accessmedia.nz. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website freshfm.net for our contact details.